This is Mouth Media Network, the business of being heard. I am Colin McIntosh. I'm founder and CEO of Sheets and Giggles. Uh, and one of my favorite things about retail is actually kind of a dying uh, art or one of the one of the things that we haven't been able to do at least this entire year. And that's wayfinding. I love going into a store and just not knowing what I'm going to buy, not knowing what I'm looking for, and just kind of browsing the different aisles until I see something that kind of makes me light up and makes me click. And I think that even before COVID-19, wayfinding was on the way down. I think people have turned into mostly destination shoppers. And um, I really miss that. I miss walking into a store and having no idea what uh, I'm looking for. So I still try to do that sometimes. From New York City, you're listening to Retail is Your Business, covering the intersection of innovation and business in the retail industry. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the show. We're very, very happy to have you here. This should be a fun one, I think. I'm predicting. I'm Mark Rako. Not because I'm here, but but just because I, I predicted. Uh, I'm Mark Rako, one of your hosts, and, uh, of course, also with us and, and also contributing to the frivolity is our good friend, Rebecca Fitz. Hi, Rebecca. Hello, Mark. Great to be here. I want to I want to I want to challenge you if you have a joke, Rebecca, but that's really rude to put someone on the spot like that. So. Oh, I'm a horrible <laughs> joke teller. I'm the one who messes up. The are line. you? Yeah, messes up the line at the end, and people are like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> it's like telling a punchline. Go wait, there was something before that. I know. Exactly. <laughs> anyway, no, for, no worries. Also with us, a man who clearly, in additional, in addition to having a a, a, a bit of entrepreneurial success. An imaginative mind and uh, and a business that's really interesting. Uh, he also clearly has a sense of humor, and his name is Colin. <laughs> Colin, welcome to the show. We're very happy to have you here. Uh, thanks for having me, Mark and Rebecca. I appreciate you guys. And uh, yeah, I, sometimes I I get on stage. I do I do stand up occasionally. Oh. So. I can, yeah, I can tell a joke or two here and there. Beautiful. Um, uh, oh, uh, and full disclosure, Colin is accompanied by his dog, Harvey, who, uh, <laughs> and, and you just told us Harvey's, I'm going to let you tell the joke. You just told us Harvey's official title is what? He's our VP of marketing. Yes. So he's our, yeah, so he's got, he's got marketing associates and marketing directors underneath him, but. He's uh he's he's our number one mascot and model and he also uh he's got his own page. So if you go to sheetsgiggles.com slash Harvey, he's got a whole page just about uh Harv. So my my even even as we've grown as a company, I set that up, you know, a couple of years ago when it was just me starting out as a founder. And even as we've grown as a company, my team has indulged me and allowed me to keep uh, my page for my dog as we've grown into a larger brand. Yeah. It's indulging you. People love their pets and people love other people's pets. So it it lives on. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I highly suggest that you consider, if you haven't done already, carving out an Instagram page for Harvey uh, just uh, and and building out that personality. He does not... No, he does not. He, I, I get that. I get that request a lot. Okay. I, I just, which it's funny. I think between like my uh, personal Instagram, the companies, which I still contribute to all the work I have to do as CEO of the company. I just find it exhausting to think about like starting up like another brand voice with, yeah. with the Harv. And 
plus all of his best stuff always appears on Sheets and Giggles Instagram anyway. Uh, so. Of course. Well, there you go. And yeah. by the yeah. way, I wasn't suggesting you take that on. I assume that Harb would be able to take that on himself. So mm. anyway, all kidding aside. <laughs> He's right. got wonderful experience. Exactly. He's got wonderful social media experiences. Yeah. Anyway, all kidding aside, welcome to the show. Let's uh, let's start with your company, Sheets and Giggles. This is not your first <laughs> entrepreneurial journey, um, mm. but it is maybe the funniest, um, but also <laughs> a lot of meaning behind it and a lot of uh, important ethos that doesn't have anything to do with humor, but it's been a great way to introduce it to the world. Um, what I, what I, I would love to start out just to sort of get the elephant out of the room. Tell us about the moment when you, you had the first time you had to convince someone that this name was the one you were going to use. <laughs> and, and get them to buy into it uh you know it's funny the, fir the first time so i was convinced of it so uh, there was no there was no point where i was ever gonna like need to change it up if somebody didn't like it but the first time i ever <laughs> had to really sell somebody on it i was talking to my friend uh paul who's sort of a you know he's kind of like a rainmaker here in in denver he's he's the type of guy that you know knows everybody and he's a connector and you know he, he puts on political events with john hickenlooper who just won a you know u.s senate seat and um and jared polis colorado's governor so paul's a really really great guy and he's he's a good friend of mine and we've known each other for a number of years and i had lunch with him it was probably maybe um the week before i incorporated the company and I sat down with him and I had just gotten laid off in my last job and he wanted to know what I was doing next and, and, you know, what, what my ideas were and if I was going to, you know, start something of my own. And I gave him the pitch. I said, look, it's a highly fragmented commodities market with no brand differentiation or loyalty. It's mostly traditionally physical retail. So it needs to be brought online with a more direct consumer model. And there are no good sustainable options in the industry. And I can think I can bring on a really nice sustainable option to the marketplace. And he and he was like, "That's great. I love the idea. What's the company called?" And I just go, "It's called Sheets and Giggles." And I was like, and <laughs> he, "He was he was so we were eating pho, and he put down his his spoon, and he just looked at me, and he goes, "What the fuck are you talking about?" And that was literally the first reaction <laughs> I ever got to the brand name, and I, that and I was like, "Look," and I explained it a little bit more, and. He goes, so you're really serious about this? And I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to do it. And he goes, all right, well, then I, I would like to invest. Um, wow. And that was and he became one of my first uh, my first investors because he just believed in me versus, you know, he thought I was crazy. He he, he always quips that the money he invested was basically a, a bribe. So he and I would hang out more as friends, um, <laughs> but uh, worked out pretty well for him, worked out well for me. And, you know, it was it was a really it was that was my first experience explaining the company to someone. So. Um, yeah, that was, that was, that was the first time. So I love that. Thank you. So I, as a follow-up question, aside from the humor of all, this is, this is a pretty, this is a pretty serious undertaking with a serious, uh, mission behind it that goes beyond sheets. It's, yeah. it's a sustainable, uh, product and a sustainable company, uh, one of the fastest growing sustainable betting brands in the U.S., as I understand. But here's what I, I want to yeah. share. Uh, we'll we'll get into the company more, and I, I think you'll like this, Rebecca. What what was shared with us through, uh, I guess it's your your publicist, is this: in your efforts so far, you have saved quote hundreds of thousands of years of drinking water. 
mm-hmm. planted tens of thousands of trees across the U.S. Yep. And pledged 1% of equity and profits to local charities. Now, how long have you been in business? Uh, three years as of two weeks ago. Okay. Uh, the first Thank of, you. Uh, the, yeah, that's really awesome. Um, I would like you to explain yourself, sir. Uh, hundreds <laughs> of thousands of years of drinking water, tens of thousands of trees you've planted, yeah. and pledged 1% of equity. That is just a barrel full of accomplishments <laughs> aside from the selling of betting. Uh, I, yeah. What's going on? <laughs> My to be completely honest, I think my bleeding heart has got me in a little bit of trouble because, like you know, a young company can use a lot of the money that we've donated. Quite frankly, um, but I think that I'm you know my goals in life are generally to do do good, have fun, and make money. Um, and I think that if you can do all three of those things at once, then you're you know you're gonna have a good time on your 80 years uh, before you blip out. Um, and so basically when I started the company from day one, I knew I really wanted to do three things. One was, uh, build a sustainable product that I could feel really proud about. Two was to give back as a function of doing business. So build giving back into our variable cost structure. And then three was to make sure that I could build a scalable business. Cause I think that you can help the more, the more successful you are, the more people you can help. Um, and so, uh, you know, item number one, sustainable product, our sheets use, um, up to 96% less water than cotton sheets to make. So we use a material called eucalyptus lyocell, which is far more uh, sustainable than cotton in three main ways, less water, less energy, and no insecticides and no pesticides. Cotton by itself uses up to 24% of the world's insecticides as a crop. Um, and so eucalyptus lyocell is a closed loop process. They take the trees, they, they turn it into a fiber and that fiber into a yarn. And it's been, and you know, the trees are grown renewably on biodiverse farms. We plant three for every two that we harvest. Um, and then, in terms of the trees that we planted, we're not talking about the the you know replanting for harvesting. We actually plant trees in the United States and in Canada and other places that are really good reforestation projects um, in areas that have been ravaged by wildfires. And, and mostly, those states end up being Colorado, California, Oregon, and Washington and Florida. Um, and then we do a little bit in, in British Columbia as well. And I think we did a, a project in, in Asia this year as well, but we plant one tree for every order. Um, and so that's been tens of thousands now planted since we, uh, incorporated the company. Uh, and I never thought those would be, I mean, those are just something I wanted to do as a function of doing business. I was like, wouldn't it be amazing if I looked up one day and we had planted a hundred thousand trees and we're halfway there, um, from, from our orders, uh, and so if I could, if we had put, and, and so that's just a really cool thing. I didn't think would be so topical in terms of the wildfires that have, you know, really raged out of control this year. And I'm, I'm really proud of those trees we planted. And then the, you know, the last thing is, um, we also do a lot of donations. So we've actually, as a, uh, a percentage of our sales this year, we've donated $40,000 to Colorado's emergency relief for COVID-19. Um, which goes to individuals and businesses in Colorado that have been hurt really hard by COVID-19. Um, and uh, we also, the city of Denver called us in March and they asked us to donate cheat sets to homeless shelters because the homeless population was getting uh, ravaged by the disease and they needed to isolate symptomatic individuals in their own little motels. And so we outfitted about, I think, 225 or so of those motel rooms with our twin and twin XL bed sheets. It was pretty much every twin and twin XL we had on hand at the moment. So 
that was a really cool uh, donation that we did too. Oh, incredible! So, and I, I love, I love, I love that it's more than a pun. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I love, I love, I love that it's more than just um, like it's not just uh, you know, every tenth pair of shoes that we sell, we give a shoe. We, to, yeah, well, I'm not making fun of that. That's amazing. No, no, it's, but yeah, of course. but this is really like like you're hitting the world from three sides and just like, no, seriously, we're going to make a dent. You know what I mean? And, and uh, this isn't even yeah. about making people buy sheets. This is about uh, karma. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Are you, yeah. are you a B Corp? We know we're not, we're, we're a C Corp. I, you know, I, my experience with B Corps, uh, I actually, my last company that I got laid off from, we spent probably a year going through that paperwork and endless time and resources and legal fees doing that, that paperwork. And then we went out of business and it was, and it was super frustrating for me because I probably my personally spent, you know, I don't know, a few dozen hours over the course of a year helping out with, with this. And then there were multiple people on the team doing it. So my perspective is not that B corporations are a bad thing in any way, shape or form, but you want to reach a point where you are a sustainable, you know, rock solid business that will be around for you know decades to come before you think about spending the, the resources in that more that direction absolutely and i'm sure you know um there have been many companies that have started out as a b corp and then said we're going to leave this and then you're kind of explaining right. to a lot of employees that uh, yeah, you, and, yeah. That their hearts and minds are really into it that it's not really changing it's just changing this this one thing which um probably seems like a big deal well, right. I, I love this. You're certainly, um, Sheets and Giggles is right in a sweet spot. I think right now, although I think sustainability has been, you know, big issue in the fashion industry and probably a little less in home, maybe I'm wrong, but um, this is always kind of a chicken and an egg question. Like, so the product looks amazing. So are people coming just because of the product and then they find out you're doing all this great stuff? Or do no. you think your consumer is really driven because they're like, I hear Sheets and Giggles is doing all this amazing stuff. That's a good question. I, you know, to be completely honest, I don't really know. Um, I, I, I think that my marketing team would probably have a stronger opinion on that for you in terms of our, our, the cross section of what people believe about the brand. I, I'm a very intuitive person. So I, I tend to think about the brand and the company in a very like linear, like zero or one type of situation. Like, will this help with impressions and conversion if we do these things? And I think the answer is like, yes. And so um, it, you know, both hits me from like my own personal belief system and desires to do good in the world. Plus like, yeah, I think it will drive conversion. Um, and so I think that, that like my, you know, we don't, I will say that we don't advertise it front and center. I feel like it is, it's weird. I feel like if other brands like, a, you know, a, I wonder how much Brooklyn donated to, you know, COVID-19 relief or, you know, like our, our other competitors, like does Bed Bath & Beyond donated anything? Like, I don't think so. I wonder like if they had done something like this, would it be like all over their emails and all over their website and stuff? And I don't know. It just feels like a little grimy and a little weird to like when I see companies like bragging about a lot of the good stuff that they do. And so I feel really good about it. It makes me happy. It makes my team happy. It galvanizes us. I think it pulls us together. But it, but it's not something that I ever want to create as like this, like, you know, I don't want Sheets and Giggles to be like one of those direct-to-consumer brands that like is very like 
you know, look at us, hoity-toity, like, look at how good we are, amazing we are. I just want to do good because it feels like the right thing to do. Um, and I think it's funny because I think a lot of other consumer brands are very, like, they're very, like, open and out front about their mission and their ethos. And we're kind of not, like, you know, like, other brands are like, we're bringing cultures together. And it's like, no, you sell suitcases on the internet. It's like we're we're just, like we're changing the way that people think about personal hygiene. It's like no, like you you sell a toothbrush on the internet. That's okay. Like it's okay to you know sell your widget on the internet, and you know it doesn't have to be this like very grandiose thing. We just say internally we sell sheets on the internet, and that's great. We love what we do. The the humor part of it, and the uh, contributing to the world part of it, and 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 doing the sustainable thing, and obviously a very nice product. But it's lovely, but, yeah. But those two. <laughs> Those two, uh, they, they almost seem like they don't go together in a way. In other words, one, what I mean is this, and I'm not challenging you. I'm, I'm interested to how you do that balance. So like going to your website, for example, yeah, uh, is there's a lot of humor there. Yeah. Um, the pictures are funny. Uh, it really feels like, oh, my God, this is hilarious. But at the same time, there's mixed messages in there. There's stuff it's funny, and yet there's this <laughs> super serious thing about the environment and the trees and all that that's presented in a really in a light way, a nice way, a friendly, accessible yeah. way, which is awesome. But my question is sometimes it's tough to turn on and say, okay, right now we're fun and funny. Yeah. But now let's be serious for a second. But then we're right. fun and funny. You have to sort of pick a lane. So my yeah. question is, is how have you found a, or, or have you found a way to blend those and make them work in concert with each other? It's a great question. And the, the way that I think about it is we are the Seinfeld of bedsheets. We are, we're a brand about nothing. And that's what I love the most about it is because it gives us the ability to talk about anything at any given point in time without worrying about does it fit the brand? I mean, the number one piece of viral content we ever did was a blog post about resume formats because I used to be a recruiter and it was a little tongue in cheek. It was like a week after I announced the company and I was like, stop sending us your shitty resumes. They're awful. Here's, here's a better, better format to do it. Like, it's like, all right, we get it. We announced the company and everybody wants to work here. Like we get it. Like, but your resumes are terrible and you should update them. And that went super viral on Reddit. It's been downloaded over 2 million times. My resume format in the resume format, you know, the number one job is Sheets and Giggles CEO. And then there's a little footer about the company. And people DM me all the time on Reddit. And they're like, hey, I want to let you know I bought a set of your sheets because your resume helped me get a job. And it's now the number one resume advice on Reddit. Um, and, you know, it's the it's the type of thing that like, that's just a microcosm of the example of like the brand is whatever we want it to be any given day of the week. And I think that it's been a real challenge to frankly scale that. I think the scale is the better is the is the the bigger challenge. The beginning of it was just whatever I wanted to do at any given point in time. Now it's like you're sort of trusting the keys to that car to a larger team. And so you'll you'll what you've seen on the site now is I think that they've we've with our brand identity map, we've really honed in on our two core value propositions are, you know, temperature regulation because the sheets help keep you cool all night. And that's a huge, it's a huge thing that they do for your REM cycles. And then two is the sustainability of the sheets. And the, but the brand is still from an archetype perspective, a jester archetype. And to go from the jester archetype to these two very serious core value propositions, you're exactly right. It's a super hard tightrope to balance. So in terms of how we do it, 
I don't know if I can explain exactly how we do it, except for, you know, follow the lead that, that I kind of established over the course of the first two years of the company or a year and a half of the company when I was running everything having to do with the brand. And I think the internal question is always like, does this make us laugh internally? We, we share that a lot on Slack. And if it does, then we, then we share it. And we have certain rules, you know, like brand guidelines were kind, but not saccharine, funny, but not, uh, you know, corny, uh, clever, but not try hard, smart, but not condescending. Um, and those, those type of guardrails are always very good for, for our customer interaction as well. And then the golden rule that we always do is we just treat people the way that we want to be treated from a, from a brand perspective. So problem with your order, email us, we take care of it. Um, you know, if you have a, an issue, uh, that you need to ask us about a question about the company, we get back to you usually within 10 or 15 minutes, whether it's a Facebook comment or a message or an email, we answer the phone all hours of the day. You can call us no robo voice, no press one for this or that or whatever it is. And it's hard to scale that, but it can happen if you, if you actually really care about people. I think that's the thing that everybody at the company has in common is we all really care about people. I'd like you to join me in supporting an extraordinary mission to make arts education real for underserved kids nationwide and help keep the creative connection alive. Look, arts are not a luxury. From the time that kids develop motor skills, they rely on the arts to learn how to communicate. Arts are a great collaborative experience and they teach us how to critically think and empathize and understand the human condition. So Mouth Media is proud to partner with AHA Broadway and support their efforts to help bring these vital services back to schools. With every dollar AHA Broadway raises, they will directly serve the kids of New York and beyond. Please visit ahabroadway.org slash 1000kids. Again, that's ahabroadway.org slash 1000kids. And please contribute anything you can to their crowdfunding effort. You really came from your past experience. You were looking at the market about what actually existed out there. Was there any um, personal journey in like, hey, I want really great sheets or my sheets are really warm at night, which by the way, is a bigger issue than you would think. My, my husband's slightly obsessed with sleep and measuring it and, and all those other things. Um, and so yeah. when you said sheets that keep you cool, I was like, why haven't I been on this site? And I can't, <laughs> I'm not going to shop while we're doing the podcast, but it could happen. Um, so, <laughs> so how, how did it kind of come together? Um, so that's a good question. I I think that the and, and the, if I can repeat the question back to you because Harvey distracted me a little bit while you were asking <laughs> it. Um, you're basically saying like how did the product come together in terms of the the value props for it and what I wanted out of it. Yeah, and it seems like the idea itself came from a lot of maybe your financial background. You looked at the market, you could see what's out there. Was there a personal um, journey in there too that you were looking that's for right. something? Yeah. So, so that part always makes me laugh, and I'll answer that part first because I love it when our competitors go on how I built this or something like that, and they're they're like, "How did you come up with the idea for this?" And like, "Oh, I stayed at this hotel, and I just fell in love with the sheets, and then I looked up how much they cost, and I I just thought there had to be a better way." And I'm like, "That's get the fuck out of here! Like, that's not like that's not what happened. Like, you didn't 
like, you know, like you'd, you'd be an insane person if you started a company because you stayed at a hotel, you know, but like, but I started this company because I watched a movie called War Dogs with Miles Teller and Jonah Hill. So this is also kind of an insane story. I was watching uh, War Dogs in like June 2017, Miles Teller and Jonah Hill. And Miles Teller's character is selling bed sheets out of the back of his car. And he's terrible at it. Everybody's saying no to him. He's trying to sell the retirement homes. And I got so frustrated with his character that I asked my now ex-girlfriend, because she's my ex because I'm neurotic like this, to pause the movie. And I wrote a business plan for Betsy's company that night because that's the type of crazy person I am. And I uh, literally um, that night bought the domain sheetsgiggles.com because I always think what's a funny name for blank when I come up with a business idea. And I was like, Sheets and Giggles, that's a funny name. And so I bought the domain. I got all the social handles. And then about three or four months later, I got laid off from my job at 1 p.m. on a Monday. And it, that was really emotional because that was a job that I was in the founding team of that company. It was also a mission-driven company. We were trying to fight sexual assault and violence um, with wearable technology. And I had been working there for maybe two and a half, three years. And I had written the original business plan. And we had raised millions of dollars. And we had people working in downtown Denver, about 20 people on the team. And, you know... We all we all lost our jobs at the same time. And that was a really sad day and emotional day. And I think it triggered something in me where I just realized that I was so frustrated with how, how it had been, you know, mismanaged. And now I have a lot more empathy for that mismanagement because it's a very difficult thing to to build and scale a company. Um, but I was so frustrated with kind of what had happened and what I viewed as a bunch of mistakes that could have been preventable that I decided to put my money where my mouth was and start my perfect business. And my perfect business, you kind of heard me describe it briefly, was a massive commodities market with no brand differentiation so I could zig everybody else's zagging, something highly fragmented, so no market leader I had to chip away at, and then something that I felt thought were no good sustainable options so I could help uh, bring a sustainable option online. And and then also something that was traditionally physical retail so I could bring it online with the direct-to-consumer model. So those are my core things. I own sheetsgiggles.com. I've been kind of enamored with the idea. I've been in my back of my head for maybe three or four months. And I looked at the betting industry, $12 billion market, top five players only own 27%. Um, so highly fragmented. Um, and everything was cotton and polyester. Cotton's like 40% of the market. Polyester's like the other 60%. And so I was really excited to bring in Eucalyptus Lyocell and introduce the people and um, I discovered the material probably a month after I incorporated and, and I absolutely um, adored it and obsessed over it and decided to move forward with it. Really interesting. So funny. No, I've actually I've... seen war dogs more than once and it is kind of a, a funny scene that he, um, and, and, yeah, not applicable totally to the movie, but how he pivots and, and what right. industry he pivots into next was, uh, an interesting one. We won't give away anything on the yeah. show, but it's like the opening scene. Right. And it's like, this guy didn't do any pricing research, no demographic research, doesn't understand his core customer like bought all the inventory before he did, before he did any type of customer discovery or acquisition. And it's just like, it's like a textbook example of how not to start a business. And I was just like, I got so frustrated. I started, started a bed sheets company. Uh, it's the weirdest thing. I make fun, I make fun of my competitors for their hotel stories. And I'm like, yes, I was watching this movie, you know, like, yeah, oh, so that's a true story. Like, I, I can't make that up. Like, that's not like a try, you know, like if I wanted to make something up, I would be like, oh yeah, like I stayed in 
India and I was like blown away with the bed sheets and I was like, I have to, you know, like there's something like that that I could make up that I think would sell really well, but I would just go with more dogs. Mark and I have a hard time um, avoiding this topic and we should probably stop trying to avoid it, but um, we're in the midst of a pandemic. <laughs> Sure. Stating the obvious, um, and a, a lot of a lot of talk in in retail is that it's been very good for for home business because we're yeah, yeah. we're do, we're doing everything here. Um, so one, hopefully, you're finding the same thing, and and any other findings that you're having about being in the home sector during this time. The number one thing is just increased demand, uh, for sure. Um, number two is choke supply and choke logistics. And so that has been the most frustrating challenge for us. We were out of stock on pretty much everything from um, you know, most of July through September. Uh, and we literally just got back in stock uh, the second week of October on, on almost all of our core items. So it has been wildly frustrating and difficult to um, navigate this type of uh, supply chain challenge. But um, overall, I, I think that the demand is still there and you can always solve a supply problem. You can't solve a demand problem. And so, uh, very grateful for us to be in the spot that we are right now getting through this. And, um, I think we're going to head into 2021 with a, with a really nice amount of momentum. So, so given the nature of the humor related ethos of the company or, or as part of the ethos, how did you view your role in people's lives? Have, uh, during the pandemic, did was there any point in which you assessed and said, you know, it's more than a gimmick or a marketing tool, but um, people need to laugh. So how can we, how can we get in there? How can we, how can we put our boots on the ground uh, with 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 a few? You know, let's let's focus on the giggles part of this for a second. It it sounds like you're in our meetings that we had in March. About I was honestly like that's we we were we were literally as a team discussing you know what to do what to, you know and the for the first thing I did to be completely honest with you is I made a pledge to my employees that whatever it took whether it was personal investment debt whatever it took no one would get laid off and so I made a pledge publicly that no one's getting laid off. So I wanted them to have really certain peace of mind. I actually did that because I put a question out to Twitter to people. I said, what's the number one thing you would want your manager to tell you right now in this moment? And the number one answer I got was just tell people if they're going to have a job in two weeks or, or not, because people are getting laid off left and right. And so that's exactly what I did. Number one, number two was um, we decided that we would, go lean in hard into the philanthropic side of the brand, which is like something that really excited me and really excited my team. And we donated 20% of our sales for a month uh, back in March uh, to COVID relief in Colorado, which was great. We decided to keep it local to have the greatest impact. Um, and we got interviewed about it. Amazon's given us a lot of press about that. We were on their, their blog and their Amazon Accelerate conference. We got a really nice shout out on stage. Uh, by Jeff Wilkie, who's the chief of consumer business at Amazon. Um, and uh, yeah, and so we've had some really good PR from that that decision. And then uh, we also decided that we were also going to lean into our instinct of we are a bedsheet company. And to be completely honest, if I buy bedsheets from, com- from somewhere, I don't give a fuck what they have to say about the pandemic or about my life or about anything else. And that's me being, you know, very self-deprecating about the brand that I've built and that I care a lot about. Like, I just don't like, I don't care what my backpack company has to say. 
I don't care what my furniture company has to say. I don't care what anyone has to say about this unless I'm seeking it out from them, right? And right. And so, sorry, and I don't mean to say that aggressively to you. I'm saying that, like, I just don't, I think that what I saw in March and April, all the companies that were emailing people, our stance on the pandemic, our, here's what you need to know about your, you know, like, like, it's still safe to buy stuff from us. Like, it's okay. Like, don't worry. Like, I, it like, was a little, yeah, duplicitous I, and not, not, tra- yeah. no, it wasn't not being transparent, but it wasn't being empathetic to what no. um, yeah. so we just people stayed, we may just have been, silent. right, been, yeah, might we, be going through. We, we just, we made our donations. We, we did what we had to do from a business perspective. We leaned into the giggles and we, we put up, you know, as many things as we thought were appropriate without being, you know, light of the situation, you know, people were putting out a lot of memes that I think are gonna, you know, at some point, maybe come back to not be the best thing to have put out there at that at that moment in time. And so we really wanted to make sure that we that we were sensitive to the fact that and that was right around Mother's Day when this was all coming down. And, you know, we had this thing at one point that we had, we, we tanked our, our number one promo for the year, which is called uh, Cool Sheets for Hot Moms. And I love that promo. Uh, it's like my favorite one that we do every year. And, uh, we tanked it because I decided that there were going to be a lot of people in that month of April and May who were maybe not at the very least, not going to be able to see their mothers and, you know, at the worst who might lose their moms. And, and I just decided that it wasn't right for us to kind of have this sort of funny tone, bye, bye, bye. And so instead we, um, I can't remember exactly what we did, but it was another it was another cause that we donated to if you made an order for your mom. And um, we really leaned in on like, you know, telling your mom how much you love her and not fo- not focused too much on bye bye bye. And I think that was the right decision because it just didn't feel right in that moment. But well, on, yeah. on the, the humor side of it, I hope when you were out of almost everything that if I'd ordered sheets, I got an email that said, oh, sheets, we're out of it. <laughs> Pretty yeah. more or less. That would, yeah. that would have actually made me giggle as a shopper. Come on. For 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 a long time when we were out of stock, my team, my team, I love my team. They try to they try to twist my arm behind my back and and keep the you know the funny to you ever seen uh, Interstellar? They adjust the robot's humor sensitivity to like seventy five percent. They try to do that to me. So, but for a long time we. Um, <laughs> We had, you know, we were out of stock on something. It was like, holy shit, we could barely keep up with demand, like sign up to be notified when we're back in stock. And now it just says, you know, like the, you know, back in stock, like sign up to be notified soon. I, I don't know. I like the little flourish, but I think they, I think they matter. But um, my team, uh, they, it's just, it, it's hard to scale. It's hard to scale because you deal with all these other opinions and you got to be a good boss and you can't micromanage people and, you know, force stuff down so, their throat. So, so. Exactly. Yeah. And they're talented people. You hire talented people, you hire good people and you trust them and you trust they, you know, they do their homework, they make good decisions. And you know, if they, if they don't, then you'll see it, like you'll see it in the data. So, so, uh, about three years in, you just over, you've done a congratulations. You've done a lot of things as I listed before. Uh, you've touched a lot of people's lives. You've planted trees, you've saved water, You've donated, you've helped out, you've inspired, and you've weathered a pandemic and all of the impacts of that <laughs> as best as you can. You've kept your sense of humor, no pun intended. Uh, and um, pun and, intended. 
So having done all that and everything you've accomplished so far in such a relatively short period of time, including even just the raising of money and everything in a relatively short period of time compared to what it takes other people, which is, you know, a wonderful testament to the efforts and smarts you use to do that. Um, where is this all going? And what I mean by that, really, or you can answer it any way you want, but what I intend out of that question is, is this in your head? even if it's not built into the company DNA per se, is this in your head part of a larger vision that this company is sort of the first brick of that? And if that's all there ever is, it's still a pretty good brick. But but if I had my way, this would be the first piece of a larger vision. Or, or where is this company supposed to go? Is it we are going to stay exactly as we are, but as big as we can get it, you know, or do you have an eye on, look, if someone right now gave me $300 million for this company, I'd take it, whatever the number is. I know. Give they're only giving $300 million for this company. I tell them that they're doing a CAT scan. Exactly. Um, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Like I'm yeah, saying an absurd yeah. number that, that doesn't even matter. Like what your vision for the company was. You're just like, sure. Yeah. My point I'm is, fi- is I'm, fi- I'm fine. If you think that, that <laughs> no, I, I understand what you're asking. So I want this to be beyond the what's next or where are you aiming at? But uh, not even what's the dream, but how are you thinking about this in, in your private time? As you, as you imagine, like, I think I can do this with it as long as these ingredients are there. And I think we're aiming in that direction. Dude, I talked to my therapist about this question. Um, I feel, I feel where, I feel where you, you are sitting on a couch. So I think this is the same couch. I do my, my virtual (laughs) therapist. So I, I, it's, it's a, it's a hard question because you gotta, like, there's a few pieces of it, right? There's your personal goals, your professional goals, your what you've promised people, the expectations you've set on your you know investment side of things, what your employees want, what your team members want, um, you know. But the but the real core thing is like what's enough, like what's good for you, like what is what's and a lot of people you know they say oh if I could get a you know a million dollars in the bank it would change my entire life and that's completely true. It's true for me. It's true for a lot of people. And my net, my net worth, and my my everything I've invested my life savings in this company. It's all I'm, all my eggs are pretty much in this basket. And so there absolutely is a number where if a mattress company, and and we've had five people reach out to us in the last month asking about acquiring the, the brand. Like it's we're getting noticed. And if somebody put an offer on the table that I thought valued the future earnings of the business in a way that even was structured in a, you know, earn out perspective where they wanted me to put my money where my mouth was and hit those numbers, I'm willing to do it because it's still so early and any return is going to be really fantastic for our early investors. But from a, and this is like just walking you through the decision-making process, yeah, yeah. but like, from, but, from, but from a realistic perspective, we've got a product that scales. We've got a really good positive contribution margin on every single order that we make, including first-time orders. We're not dependent on long-term LTV or, you know, we've got a great repeat buy business as well, but we're not dependent on that. We're profitable yeah. on first sale every time. Um, and so this scales. It scales really well. Um, it, but the, the challenge is every time you want to introduce a new product, you need, you need capital for the R&D and production. 
um, every time, you know, you want to go after a new batch of customers or expand your demographics, it's a risk. You have to go through a new distribution channel or a new marketing channel. So you necessarily wind up having to raise more and more money. And if you raise money at a Series A or a Series B, you, know, you start raising at $20, $50 million type valuations. Then you start putting these handcuffs on yourself where you're only able to exit for, you know, multiples that look like nine-figure type exits. And those type of exits are extremely risky and hard to get to. And there's a lot more risk of failure. And it becomes sort of, a, you know, one in the hand, two in the bush sort of situation. So these are all the considerations that I think about when making those type of decisions. I think for me personally, I think about the goal that I initially had when I started the company. I wanted to make $3,000 a month to pay my rent and my basic bills and to be independent. And then I could tell everybody else to, to you know, leave me alone, F off. And that was what I wanted. I wanted off the treadmill. I was sick of, you know, I've been, I've been fired four times in my career. I've been laid off. Um, I, you know, I think you can only lose your healthcare so suddenly, so many times before you never want to have that happen again. Um, and I think it's crazy that, you know, for most people, what will end up happening is they'll work for, you know, 40 or 50 or 60 years and then just die. And like, that's kind of just it. And I don't mean that in a pejorative way for a lot of people. That's the, you know, that's kind of what it is. And, and for me, you know, I, I, I don't know, I think of this a lot in terms of like what I want my life to look like. And right now I'm achieving everything that I set out to do. I feel very blessed and lucky to be able to say that extremely privileged. Like I uh, have really wonderful worst case scenarios, which is why I started the business. Like, you know, I can go work at an Amazon or Microsoft or somewhere else and be okay. And I think that if your worst case scenario looks a little bit like that, then you should start a business because the best case scenario far outweighs it. And so that's just the way I think about all those things. And I, I think that a lot of times entrepreneurs are really, really shitty at like stopping to say, what were my last set of goals and did I achieve them? They're just always constantly moving on to the next goal. And I really had to force myself to step back and be like, dude, if you told yourself that this company would be turning over this much money every month or every quarter, we shipped our first box in October, 2018. It's literally been two years since we shipped our first box. Like, and what we've done in that time, all the philanthropy we've done, the differences we've made, the people we've hired, you know, the interactions we've had, the tens of thousands of units that we've shipped. Like, it's just, it's a dream come true and, and I'm not ready for it to end anytime soon. So what, are you, are you uh, comfortable or at Liberty to give an, uh, some idea of what your gross revenue will be in 2020 uh, estimated? Yeah. I mean, I, so I think it's out there in terms of our growth trajectory. We're not like, we're not like this massive company that yeah, everyone uh, maybe thinks the brand is, but uh, I think we're on pace to do our first million dollar month by end of the year. Million dollar so. month. Yeah, that's 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 amazing. That's a really Thanks. really great accomplishment. Uh, that beats three thousand a, a month for rent, I guess. It does. It does. <laughs> yeah. And so you know, we're still so we're still we're still early. But if you told me that, you know, two years ago when I was in my warehouse uh, by myself shipping boxes at ten p.m. Yeah. trying to get you know three hundred units out the door yeah. by the next morning, uh, that two twenty four months later, you know, the company would be at the precipice of making a million dollars in a month. Like, yeah, it would, it would blow me away. It, look, and it still does. Look, let me put it this way. It makes me think, I don't know if you've ever seen the, the, 
the movie um, City Slickers with Billy Crystal. Yeah, love that but movie. One of the, one of the lines or the moments in that I remember him talking about. I think he sold radio ads or Radio Time was his job or something. And and the idea was that this is what I do. I sell something that doesn't really exist. You know, it's like yeah. it's, and it's just gone. And it's a, what do I have to show for it? Right. And right. And, you know, I think about the idea that aside from potential million dollar months and wherever that can go beyond that. And being able to build something where you can point to and you say, there's like 50,000 trees out there now that didn't right, exist before. Right. That If we stopped today, Stop today I'd that exists. Well, yeah, exactly. You know, like, um, yeah, if, yeah. It, it, and, and by the way, there's X number of families that have a potentially better sleep and therefore better lives, be, whatever we contributed to that by this product existing i gotta tell you yeah i'll tell you a story in a sec about that that's Uh, yeah and just to finish that out and say you know as opposed to selling let's say not to make fun of people who do this but selling you know radio time and (laughs) and looking back and say you know yes i made a living and i fed my family and that's all really good things and i provided something a business needed so that's something but but how can i go for a visit and look at my fifty thousand trees yeah. How can I, you know, and what all that means? And that's really something, man. That's really Thank something. you. We, you know, we, I think about that a lot. We, you know, we also, we've, we've donated, I think, close to $20,000 to uh, koalas too with the World Wildlife Fund. And every $50 like a koala saved, which is really cool. Um, yeah. And uh, in any case, um, the so we get people who email us a lot with their reviews and people have fibromyalgia and they have eczema and they have neuropathy and contact dermatitis and they tell me that that you know to us to tell our team i say me because we have a slack channel that shows every review we get and i read i read every single review we receive thousands of them and um the the things that people say are like I have fibromyalgia and these are the only things that let me sleep through the night or I have contact dermatitis and this is the only material that does not irritate my skin. I cannot tell you what that means to me personally because I have a herniated C4 C5. And so um I for a long time in my mid 20s I would wake up in the middle of the night hour 1, hour 2, hour 3, hour 5, hour 6 and I would never sleep through the night and it would have even be hard to just fall asleep. And the problem with that is that your REM cycles come at three to four hours, six hours, seven and a half hours, and nine hours. And if you're not hitting those REM cycles, then you are basically uh, not allowing your body to heal and not allowing your body to grow. And so that like that is which when all your growth hormone is released is is the the first cycle, the first REM cycle at hour hour three and four. And so if you can't get through those first four hours of sleep uninterrupted, your body never has a chance to actually heal. And so it's akin to a certain type of torture when you're sleep deprived. And so for me, as someone who's been through that from my own herniation and my own pain, that people are emailing me and saying, hey, these actually let me sleep through the night for the first time in years. Blows me away, something I never anticipated, and it makes me feel better than anything else that we've done. That's really awesome. Um, all right, well, let's take a quick break. Uh, I feel I feel no need to get into personal questions in a way because I feel like we've touched yeah. on so much of who you are as a, exactly. We've been on the therapy couch. <laughs> a human. Uh, Harvey, Harvey's, he's growling at me or purring at me because he wants to go back down. But yeah, that's right. But yeah. um, 
but we'll, we'll take a quick break when we come back we'll each ask one personal question just because <laughs> why not right after sure. this every business has at least one big pivotal moment the moment when you say okay we're at this turning point so then what I'm Lahari Neil Peretti, founder of LN Accounting Advisor. I hope you'll join me each week on my podcast, Then What?, as we talk with successful business leaders who push past their business's biggest then what moments and succeed in an even bigger way because of effective leadership and solid business practices. It's inspiring and deeply useful information for any entrepreneur. Subscribe to Then What on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you find the best podcasts. Uh, you're a stand-up comedian as well on the side, as you mentioned. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, I want to, I, I want to ask you a question. I ask a lot of comedians uh, that I talk to on uh, another podcast that we do at Mouth Media Network called Funny People Talking. Uh, and the question I ask is, What's a joke that you've told that you absolutely was sure was going to kill <laughs> and you just can't, it just doesn't seem to work and you just don't know why this thing is the funniest thing to you. And you just I, keep trying it because you know, it's someday it's just going to connect. Uh, I've got a really, I don't know how appropriate it is. Uh, it's, it's, you know, it's a little inappropriate. Um, it's up to you, man. I mean, you guys let me know if, what the line is, because I, I think this is one of the funniest things that – all right, yeah, I'll, I'll do it. I'll do all right, it. so care. we'll just say yeah, this. If you have young children in the room, this is the moment to remove them. <laughs> yeah, sure. Thank Sounds you. Good. This is a public service announcement from Retail Is Your Business. Is Harvey <laughs> objecting? Is that what's happening? No, he's just always making his noises. He makes oh, okay. he makes weird, he, oh, ma- gotcha. he makes weird he makes weird noises. One of his one of his things is it. So he's chewing his bone. Is that like when people kind of hum as they eat and they go? Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, he's just ha- he's just happy. Yeah, he's just okay. happy. All right. So what's the joke? Okay. So uh, so recently uh, I was hanging out with my girlfriend and a few of her friends, and one of her friends, you know, they were talking about guys and the guys are sleeping with, and the concept of dick size came up. And one of her girlfriends I, talked about her boyfriend. I'm sorry. Let me come for a second. It never occurred to me to even ask Rebecca if you're okay with this, Rebecca. <laughs> I'm totally down. By the way, I was going to say this is not. Okay. This is like HBO. You can curse. You can say what you want. Uh, come on. It's, it's, yes. I think it's a good okay. bit. Sorry, it's I don't mean. Uh, I don't. Yeah. I don't mean to assume your sensibilities at all, Rebecca. But I realized I never even asked if this is okay with you. Well, so let, lay it on us. Okay. 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 So, so, okay. so go so ahead. I did, so I did this at an open mic night in Denver during the pandemic. We were like eight people in the audience, right? So it did not land. I was. <laughs> assuming because the audience was so small right but so uh so basically i you know i was hanging out with my girlfriend and some of her friends recently and they were talking about their boyfriends and they were talking about their sex lives and the concept of dick size came up and one of the girls she was talking about her boyfriend she held up her finger and she you know she said this she had a small dick and i got kind of mad uh at her in the moment and i got kind of mad for him on his behalf and then i realized it's not a problem with her she's not a bad person uh, it's not a problem with him. He, you know, there's nothing wrong with him. It's a branding problem. Small dicks need a rebrand. 
So instead of something <laughs> negative, like small, something positive, like TSA approved, you know, like three, <laughs> That's like, a good three joke. three like three ounces or less, right? And that way, if you have a TSA approved dick and you're on a first date with a girl and she asks you what you're packing, you can say, let's just say if we were running late for a flight, we'd make it. <laughs> that's a good joke. That's a good joke. That, Thank you. That just takes travel right now. You got yeah. it when we're open up for business. That that you got to re re put that out there. I think the key to take to to telling that joke and making it work is probably what you did with us, and and basically to say, listen, I've got a joke that I don't know. I'm not sure about, <laughs> but I think you guys are cool. I think I think you're you're the your audience is finally gonna love this joke. Can I it, tell? What do you think? Should I tell? You know, and then. I think it depends on on who's in the room. I think that if it's mostly women, if it, I so I told it, I told it a few times so far to rooms of people. The women crack up. Yes, and a lot of and then there's like half the room of guys that are like laughing, and then other half that are not taking it so well. So I think it's just like I think it's honestly just an audience are they, thing. Now the totally question are. I have is: Is it that they're not taking it so well, or are they secretly just kind of going like? All right, so this is a good plan I can deploy. How yeah, do I make yeah, that yeah, work? Exactly. Yeah, they're just yeah. thoughtful. I lo- I just love that bit. Like, so instead of something negative, like small, something positive, like TSA approved. You know, like that's three it. ounces that's... or less. Like, I lo- I love that so much. That is so funny. I, that's a very yeah. funny and creative joke. Okay. Thank you, thank you. You've given to uh, lots of great causes. Um, really focused, really really local for the most part. What mm-hmm. what would you like to give to next, or what's something you haven't given mm. to that you'd like to? Oh, that's a really good question. We've given to koalas, COVID, not the COVID, but the COVID relief. Uh, <laughs> we've given to Black Lives Matter. We've given to uh, women's uh, breast cancer organizations, planted the trees, homeless shelters. So really, a lot of my big ones have been hit. Um, Probably, you know, on something that's really personal to me is Parkinson's. I've been donating to the Parkinson's Disease, Disease Foundation for uh, six years now, every month since my grandfather passed away when I uh, when I was in my twenties, and um, that's really close to me. So, I, you know, I think it's hard to tie that to the brand. What we're actually doing now is, and I love this. It was an idea from my my VP of marketing, Sarah. We're actually now allowing people to, instead of on Black Friday, Cyber Monday weekend, and we might make it permanent. We're going to see how people like it. We're instead of saying last year we said we're donating twenty percent of your order to the World Wildlife Foundation for koalas. This year we're saying you at checkout have the option of typing in your charity of choice and donating fifteen percent of your order to that charity. So it'll actually be optimized per uh individual person where they want their their donation to that's, go that's great yeah that's and you, know, yeah. you don't always get a choice so i think that's that's fantastic yeah i love it i, I think it's a great idea so that's what we're doing next that's a, that's a that's a wonderful question rebecca i'm glad you asked it thank you uh so so colin how can people connect with the brand and connect with you directly uh, so I'm, I'm really easy to find Colin McIntosh, Sheets and Giggles. um and you know linkedin's the best way for me to be honest please add a note with your uh, connection requests you, you get a lot of connection requests from random people um twitter i'm pretty active colin d mcintosh my name, name is douglas like my dad uh instagram's private uh but then the company is at sheets giggles everywhere and the website is sheets giggles.com 
which is really easy to remember. Or you just Google us, Sheets and Giggles. You'll find us. So Amazing. Or on Amazon, too. All right. Well, uh, Colin McTosh, the uh, founder of Sheets and Giggles, a hell of a guy, a funny guy, uh, <laughs> a guy with a dog, a guy with a Harvey. And, He's a good boy. Uh, He's all right. In any event, uh, thank you so much for joining us. This is one of the most enjoyable interviews I've had in a long time, not just because it was fun, but just so inspiring of someone just building Thanks, something man. really cool. So uh, uh, I, I feel like our audience uh, uh, can get a lot out of listening to this. So uh, I appreciate I, that. I, yeah, really. So, yeah. all right. Well, uh, thanks, man. Uh, and best thanks of luck. I think up. you've got a wonderful trajectory. Uh, that's it for this episode of uh, Retail is Your Business uh, for my good friend, Rebecca Fitz. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening. I'm Mark Rako. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you next week. Until then, take care. Bye-bye. Uh, and get some sleep. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh... Get some rest. Yeah. This has been Retail is Your Business, produced by Mouth Media Network. Copyright 2020. Your brand message can be on this show. Email us to find out more at podcast at mouthmedianetwork.com. Thank you for listening. This is Mouth Media Network. Audio for business.